Well, today we continue in our series called Northern in the Mirror, and we take some time to reflect on what God is calling us to be as a faith community. Now, last week, Matt shared about the the aspect of deepening spirituality, and he gave some suggested practices that uh, we could try out over the course of this week. And as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to take a few moments to hear your feedback on those spiritual practices, on those seven prayer um, things that we can do and how that might have assisted in you deepening your spirituality and your relationship with God. So, so if you had a, a go at one of those things, then I just invite you to pop up your hand or if there's something else that you find quite beneficial when it comes to um, your relationship with God, a practice that you engage with, and you want to share that with the rest of the church family, then you can pop up your hand as well. So pop up your hand, and I'll come around with the microphone, and we'll hear a little bit about um, what it is that you find helpful. So I'm seeing a potential hand from John, so I'll go over to John. Yep. Sometimes faith articles from other branches of my faith unit. Okay. So is this one on? It is? Okay. And if we can pull my mic back a little bit, that would be great as well. Thank you. Um, Other thoughts or reflections that you find quite helpful? So, being stretched and challenged by other perspectives um, from what John said. Other things that you have found helpful in your own journey with God? So, Terry. Thanks, Terry. Um, It's not only from last Sunday, but also from the learning, the small group of Matt. So, I've committed to uh, try to spend 10 minutes in meditation, centering prayer type of meditation every day. Um, I failed the first three days, completely forgot, but I have been doing it since. Good idea. So I must be honest. Yeah, excellent. That's fantastic. Not that you failed, but that that you've been finding it helpful. Yeah. Other things? Yep. Jay, good on you. Uh, Yeah, um, I think... What changed everything for me um, is in the verse that Matt had up before it said, um, you know, Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and that was the first thing he did, he gave thanks and and scripture says that we enter his gates through thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and I find that if I start prayer like that, if I start my day like that, um, it just changes the way I pray um, because I'm actually thankful for everything he's given to me. Um, That's it. Yeah, fantastic and it's amazing how... When you start with an attitude of, of, as Matt said, an attitude of gratitude, but yeah, you have that um, that posture of thanksgiving, that that can be quite a, a a transformative approach to the way we view the day, um, rather than oh no, what what's the saying? You wake up in in the morning and you you, you either start the day in one of two ways, um, either saying good morning God or good God it's morning and hopefully it's more of a uh, good morning God sort of a thanksgiving sort of an approach to the day. So anyone else before Clive up the back and we'll finish up with Clive. I find that I'm continually getting challenged in my faith and it's a funny thing how you can wake up in the morning and you think your day's going to be just like any other day and it can change so quickly. And just recently, last week, um, my grandson, Jake, had to be rushed to hospital with kidney stones. That's the second lot he's had. He's just not even 18 yet. And um, 
all of a sudden the whole week has changed from, from just a normal everyday week to a, a week of being compassionate uh, with somebody that's not well. And when you go to these hospitals and you see the amount of people that are there that are not very well, um, gee, it really gets you. And um, I find that um, uh, life is a challenge and, and everybody's faith is a challenge. And, uh, but we just keep going. And that reminds me of the passage where Jesus looks out over the, the, the crowd of people and he had compassion on them. And it's that, that heart of God that you're reflecting there, Clive, as far as recognising and, and seeing in the life of those people in the hospital or with your grandson as well, just that compassion, that compassionate heart. If you've got your response cards, I'd encourage you to pull those out just for a moment. And in the corner on the back, there's a, a spot that talks about um, the, the fuel gauge, or it has that little fuel gauge. And if you haven't got a response card and you'd like one, just put up your hand and Mary will come around and, and uh, make sure you've got one of those. But the response card has that little fuel gauge and what I'd encourage you to think about is when you think about a, a uh, developing sense of community, where would you sit on that fuel gauge? A developing sense of community that you're growing in your sense of your uh, being a part of this faith community, where is that on that fuel tank? Empty, quarter, half, three quarters, full, how would you rate that? Perhaps you've been to a sporting event where there are passionate supporters of a team around you. There is something about there is something special about being a part of a community where you hold a similar passion or a focus. While sports are one of those areas where you know people get all decked up in their gear and they're wearing the the um, you know the the um, colours of their team and they're with the the crowd that are passionately following that team and cheering them on and singing the, the team song and all those sorts of things. There are other community groups that have uh, a real connectedness about them as well. Groups like Rotary or Apex um, are even uh, some of those groups, including like the, the Sunday Cleanup Crew uh, that are going to get together next weekend on next Sunday and do the Cleanup Australia Day. And that can be a real forging, a real bonding experience for people as they get together. And these groups do some pretty special things in our community. They help to make our community a, a better place. So why are we any different to some of those other communities? Are we any different to those other community groups? And if we are, why? Well, if you have your Bibles with you, I'd invite you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. For many who come and connect with Northern, there is an awareness that we do something special here. Two weeks ago, uh, we had the two of the federal candidates, Jed Carney from Labor and Alex Battle from the Greens, come to Northern, and both were amazed at the things that we do here. We've also extended an invitation to one of the other candidates, Kevin Bailey from the Australian Conservatives, who might pop in this week as well. Now, it would be so easy for these people and others to regard us as a community organisation that are doing good things, and that's it. 
But as we look at our value of developing community, and as we look at that in the mirror, and as we reflect upon 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 12, we discover that there is something deeper, something richer that forms the basis of who we are and why we do what we do. So let's look together at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 12. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation and the words will be on the screen. Um, if you've got a different translation, I'm sure you'll be able to follow. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 12, and we'll just deal with it in its different sections. In verse 4, it says this, You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honour. You know, when we talk about developing community, we are talking about coming to Jesus, asking Jesus to be our Saviour and Lord. When we do, we join a Jesus-centred community which helps us transform our identity, it transforms our desires and it also transforms our behaviour, helping us to be the best that we can be and it brings glory to God. So, let's reflect upon some of those different elements a little bit more. When I have spoken to Jed, to Alex, to people from the Darabin Council and other agencies, I am unapologetic that what we do comes from our belief and our desire, our foundational principles that we are followers of Jesus. We desire to follow His example as Christians. In, two, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and through to uh, verses 6 and 8, uh, there is a, a centrality there, a foundation of identity that is wrapped up in those verses. We are not a community of people who are only concerned about providing low-cost, sustainable, accessible clothes and household items. We are not only concerned about providing low-cost or no-cost meals to those that live around us. We are not only concerned about providing meaningful work experience opportunities for people who are looking to gain employment. But first and foremost, we are concerned about deepening people's spirituality by coming into a personal relationship with Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. That is what we're about. That is why we have the name Northern Community Church of Christ on our signs because we are about helping people to come into contact with Jesus, the author and creator of life. In this concern, there is no disgrace. In fact, there is honour in bringing people to this noble purpose of representing Jesus to the people around us and helping them to come into contact with Jesus. Verse 4, once again, you are coming to Christ. We come together to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honour. Now, not everyone will accept and receive this message. In verse 6, it goes on to say, And the Scriptures say, I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honour. And anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust him recognise the honour God has given him. But those who reject him, the stone that the builders reject has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble 
the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word and so they meet the fate that was planned for them. If you don't know what it means to be a follower of Jesus, then please let us know. You can jot that down on a response card. We would love to have an opportunity to talk to you about that some more. And we would love to present with you um, some of the understanding of who Jesus is and then give you the freedom to choose what you want to do with that information. But it is Jesus and our desire to live as followers of Jesus that is foundational to the Christian faith, foundational to us developing a sense of community. There is something significant that happens when we accept Jesus into our lives. Now, I have a ball of wool. And to help illustrate um, this, I want you to bear with me for just a few moments as we um, do a community activity together. Now, I'm going to have Israel hold the wool first. And what we're going to do is we're going to be passing this wool around a little bit. Now, hopefully I won't take anyone's head out, but I'm going to throw it up to Ian. And Ian can grab a piece of the wool and then you throw it somewhere else in the room. And Alan will grab a piece of the wool and then you'll toss it somewhere else behind you or in front of you or wherever else. Yep. Oh. So it's gone up to Clive. Clive will grab a piece of it and you can throw it somewhere else as well. <laughs> no, no. Did it, um, did it get caught up there? Okay. So you hold a piece of it and then you throw the... Yep. <laughs> so you can tell that we rehearsed this well earlier. So Lynn, then Lynn will pass it on to someone else as well. Or and Shirley's got it there. And you hold some of the wool and then pass the ball to someone else. I'll do it a couple more times. So Betty's got it. <laughs> That's gone past Alan. Looks like uh, Kevin's in the corner. So, Alan, you throw the ball towards Kevin in the corner. Oh, well done. Now, Kevin, how good are you, are you shot? Can you throw it right over the other end of the... <laughs> or pass it on to... Oh, it looks like it's going to get Michelle in the back of the head. No. And we'll see if we can get some of this crew right up in the back corner. Oh, well done. And Campbell, if you just want to toss it up the back there. All right. <laughs> so, Dot, you make sure you hold some of that wool as well. You hold some of that wool as well. Oh, no, no, just, you, you just hold some of it. Yep. Okay. So you can... And I'll pass on to some to Brenda, and then I'll take it right down the front. No, it's okay. I'll see if I can get Matt in the back of the head. <laughs> well done. All right. Now, one of the things, when you think about relationships, and I will just pull that off there, but one of the things when you think about relationships and the, the relationships that we have in the life of the church is how we can all be connected to one another in a variety of ways and how we can join up with others, and how there's room for others to grow and to combine in that. But have you ever thought about, oh, look, if I'm not here, it doesn't really matter 
if I'm not here, does it really make a difference? If we pull together and if we combine together and are we committed to one another, what difference does that make? So if I was to grab some of these strands here and start pulling, notice how it starts to have an impact on others and it has an effect. And if I was to come along and say, hey, listen, you know, Terry, he doesn't matter. And notice then that there's connections that are broken and lost. What you do in community matters. What you do in community matters not only in your own life, but also in the lives of others around you. As Terry deepens his relationship with God, it has an, an ability and an effect of being able to move out and touch the lives of others as well. As Matt commits to deepening um, and developing a stronger sense of community with others, that has the ability to pull others together as a part of that process. So when we think about developing community, we're thinking about the, think about the wool, and that's why there's those little pieces of wool um, on each of your chairs that you can actually take home a sample of that wool and be reminded of the importance of community and being a part of that. Now we're going to try one more thing. Actually, I'll, what I'll get you to do is if you're holding up a piece, if you've got a piece of wool, I'll get you to hold it up So, because there's all these people that might be listening to it on podcasts and think, what on earth is going on? And we'll take a photo. Fantastic. Oh, you're a good-looking bunch. Okay. So what we'll do is we'll pass the wool towards the back. So if you've got wool, just pass it to the row behind you and we'll keep on trying to pass it back. Make sure you don't take off anyone's head in the process. All right. Now, this might be one of those uh, messages where no one remembers anything else <laughs> that we did today apart from the sermon illustration of the wool. Okay, just watch your arm there. There we go. Thanks, Mary. All right. So my encouragement is, today, when you get home, if you've got one of those fridge magnets, then take the piece of wool, pop it on the fridge magnet or pop it on your um, keys or somewhere like that where you can be reminded of what it means to be a part of a community. To say that you're a Christian yet claim that you want to do it solo is as much a nonsense as me saying that I'm an AFL player, but I only ever play on a footy field by myself when no one else is around. That is how ludicrous it is to say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church, I don't connect with others that are, are Christians or anything like that. It's like being an AFL football player on a football field by yourself with no one around and saying, oh yeah, but I'm an, I'm an AFL player. 1 Peter 2 verse 5 recognises that when we come to faith in Jesus, we come into a community with other followers of Jesus. Verse 5 says this, And you are living stones that God is building into His special temple, His spiritual temple. What's more, you are His holy priests. Through the um, mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. We are individually significant. Through our coming together with other living stones, 
other followers of Jesus under a divine calling. As we come together, we develop a growing sense of community by deepening our relationship with Jesus and investing in our relationship with other Christians. To experience a sense of, uh, of uh, developing and deepening community means going, on, going beyond just a friendly hello on a Sunday. A Sunday greeting, saying hi, great to see you, is fantastic and it's important. But there is so much more to that. It takes risk. It takes trust. It takes mutually allowing others into our lives as we seek to develop a stronger sense and experience of community together. The word spiritual temple that Peter uses here is probably better understood as a spiritual house or home, one that fosters a rich relationship of love and sharing life together and bears witness to the Lordship of Jesus, to the community around us and beyond as we invite others to join in this divine calling. As we come to Jesus and join a Jesus-centered community, it develops a richness as we invite the movement of the Holy Spirit to transform our identity as well. But you are not like that, verse 9 says in 1 Peter chapter 2, but you are not like that for you are a chosen people, you are a royal priesthood, a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. We no longer look for significance in our identity through going through glossy magazines to say, well, how do I fit? Am I special? We no longer look for significance of our identity through the eyes of the media. The significance of our identity is not based on our possessions, on our education, or even on our employment status. Our significance comes from an understanding of our identity in Jesus and belonging to his family. We are chosen, we are set apart. We are precious. We are anything but common. But we are a community, a rich, enlightened community, embracing transformation and celebrating the transformative power of the Holy Spirit at work in people's lives. As we live in and outwork being a part of a faith community, not only is our identity enlivened and, and, and it becomes all it can be, but our desires are also transformed. Verse 11 says this, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Because of whom we are, because of whose we are, if I can use that grammatically incorrect statement, because of who we belong to, we are followers of Jesus, we are no longer based basing our identity in a temporary station on this earth. But we join with others in looking beyond the horizon, the challenges and the transformation of our desires and, and the passion from the immediacy of the moment 
to the promises of the eternal. When we start to get distracted by the things that are going on around us or see others getting distracted and caught up in the desires of this world, we call forth in ourselves and in others the seeds of hope for the future that have been planted in our soul by God's Spirit. We nurture this in each as we meet together, as we pray for each other, as we celebrate the growth and the difference in that we see in others' lives and as we desire to reach beyond the seduction of the quick fix. In and through being a part of a Jesus-centered community, our identity and our desires are transformed, but also there is a transformative work in our life, in our behaviours as well, that bears a radical countercultural witness to the world. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12 says this, Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbours. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honourable behaviour and they will give honour to God when he judges the world. Jesus does not call us to separate ourselves out from the world when we become Christians, to move to some commune or anything like that, to try and escape the worries of the world and the challenges around us. Jesus calls us instead to press into the world, to be his agents of transformation, salt and light, making the community around us better, making the community around us brighter as we meaningfully engage our neighbours. Then, if and probably when, People slander northern and accuse us of doing the wrong thing for whatever reason. May the history of our consistent behaviour, which is positively different in the world around us, challenge their ability and the ability of that slander to get any traction. What a difference it is when others in the wider community come to our defence rather than us feeling as though we need to defend ourselves. Peter then goes on to to expand on the transformative behaviour that a faith community, that a group of followers of Jesus should pursue. As citizens, in chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. In our workplaces, in chapter 2, verses 18 to 21. In our homes, in chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. As a faith community, as we get together and how we behave together, he expands on that some more in chapter 3, verses 8 to 12. When times are tough, in chapter 3, verses 13 to 22, and chapter 4, verses 12 to 9. In our motivations, in chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. And as we serve, in chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Developing community starts when we come to Jesus, asking Jesus to be our Lord and Saviour. When we do, we join a Jesus-centred community that helps us transform our identity, our desires and our behaviour, helping us to be the very best that we can be. And it brings glory to God. You know, you could go to the beach or pool every week and never go swimming. And perhaps for you today, that kind of sums up where you sit in this conversation 
about being a part of the faith community at Northern. You come, you observe, but you never really go swimming. If that's you, then please have a chat to me, have a chat to Matt, have a chat to one of us about what it means to dive in, to go swimming, what it means to be a follower of Jesus and the radical positive difference that can make in your life. For those of you today that are followers of Jesus, then how is your being a part of this faith community transforming your identity, your desires and your behaviours? Matt and I talked as we were planning around this series and thinking about it, that we really wanted to give some practical um, outworkings of the message each week that you can do. And I'm going to ask Matt's indulgence if I can actually have two weeks to give you guys some stuff to do. Because I'm not sure that we might be able to fit it all in in just one week. You know, as I said before, it is relatively easy to be friendly to people on a Sunday, to say hello to them, to say g'day, how you doing, what's your, what's your week been up to, what have you been up to in the week, all those different things. But the challenge that I want to lay before you this week, and if you don't get it done this week, then next week perhaps instead, is to commit to connect with someone from Northern, someone from the church family, to catch up with them and to get them to know them a little bit better. Maybe go out for coffee, maybe go out for a meal or have them over for a meal together. You see, it's really, really hard and it takes a long, long time to develop a strong sense of community if the only time we ever do that is for a few minutes on a Sunday. But if we can press in, as we, if we can take risks and trust one another, inviting them into our lives and they into theirs, into ours as well, and back and forth, then that can make a huge difference. So, the challenge is, will you invite someone to go out for a coffee, invite someone over for a meal, invite someone to catch up and have a chat with them over the course of the next two weeks? And for those of you who have already started to think this way, being invited does not let you off the hook. You still need to invite someone else. Okay, so you can't just have, oh, well, I was invited, I had this coffee chat, so that's okay, I'm off the hook. No, no, no. You need to actually, to, to get the credit points, then you need to actually do the inviting. You can't be the invitor, invitee, sorry. You have to be the invitor. So... How do we respond today? If you've got those response cards, then I want to encourage you to, to take some time to reflect. Is it time to get in the water? You know that we're a faith community. You know that we're, you know, we talk about this Jesus person pretty regularly. But as far as having a personal relationship with him, you don't. Then can I encourage you to um, ask, to indicate that you want to know more about following Jesus what does it mean to be a part of a northern um, community? Uh, or what um, does being a part of northern community, how does that help you to positively transform your identity, desires or behaviours? Is there one of those that particularly stands out for you that, hey, nor being a part of this faith community really helps me in this area? You can indicate that. 
And will you commit to investing in your relationship with someone from Northern Church in the next two weeks? The piece of wool is also a reminder. Have I done that? Am I prepared to invest in those relationships? We're going to have a few minutes to reflect, to respond. Um, There's going to be some music played. Um, Those response cards, love to hear your feedback and say if you're happy to, you can hand those in and I'll wander around during the singing of our last song uh, for that as well. But let's take some time to respond to God.